Talk and the Good Food Hour are brought to you by the Santa Rosa Original Certified Farmers Market. In the Chaos Arno Kitchen, I'm Steve Garner, along with Chef John Ash. Good morning, Chef. Good morning. How are you? So I'm doing splendidly, welcoming our listeners to our 37th year, longest-running radio food program in America, and you have made it so by your interest and passion in all things yeah, cooking yeah. And, and drinking. So do we get a trophy or something? I think we get a, <laughs> a, a plaque. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. not sure whether yeah. we do or not. Remember back in 2008... Yeah, I, I can I barely don't, remember. I don't remember. But we were at the in, inaugural Lake Sonoma Steelhead Festival. Uh-huh. We broadcast the show live from Healdsburg, and it's gone on almost every year except for COVID. Well, uh, for and, the last uh, fifteen and, years, or and so. also they had with the drought. You know, the, because remember, you could stand, it's kind of in the middle of Healdsburg, look at where Foss Creek runs through Healdsburg and look down there and see those little tiny uh, salmon, you know, and then it dried up. Well, the good news yeah. is it's back today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's the largest celebration of the threatened steelhead mm-hmm. trout anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's right here in our own backyard at the Warm Springs Don Clausen Fish Hatchery. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of great music. There's food trucks. There's demonstrations. And, of course, there's tours of the hatchery, mm. which was fascinating. I had never done that before. Have we you done it? Doing the, did yeah, I did. did. Oh, it was yeah. really cool. Yeah. The fish ladder and yeah. uh, and all of the uh, the infrastructure that goes into these spawns and, yeah. and fingerlings and releasing them so they're back into the ocean. And it's quite a complex process. Well, and the fish are amazing, aren't they? That they can climb up those ladders and they know where they're going. Well, the cool thing that I learned was that the steelhead trout, unlike our regular salmon, they can spawn, they can mm-hmm. reproduce again. Unlike the salmon, one time and that's <laughs> it. So they get another shot yeah. at some progeny, some offspring, <laughs> which is really cool. You should definitely maybe take the family. Not, I shouldn't say definitely, maybe. You should definitely <laughs> do this because it's free today. And it starts at about 11 this morning and goes till about 3 this afternoon. There's lots of fun things to do for kids. I like this, too. Kids 5 to 15 can cast their line, fishing poles provided, for a chance to catch a hatchery trout to take home for dinner. Oh, my goodness. So they're pretty big. They're good enough, I guess, for their eating size. I don't know how mom's going to feel about it. How much is involved in scaling and prepping a steelhead trout oh not much you oh. know because you don't you don't really if you're going to eat it with the skin on then you have to scale it but uh usually people just fillet it and take the skin off but or not you know and cook some, it like my grandma and that is in bacon fat and cornmeal mm, <laughs> mm. and if you let's say it's milder than salmon isn't it yeah would it you is. say it is people that say well i'm not a real fan of salmon might like salmon trout it's not really a real salmon though is it? well it's it's it, part of a family the the uh it, they're called salmonids, and so it includes all of the salmon, you know, including steelhead and char and all of that are in that same family. Okay, so head on out 
today from actually it started at 10 o'clock this morning goes to four this afternoon at the milt brant visitor center 3333 skag spring road in beautiful geyserville and i want to remind people there ain't no cell phone reception up there <laughs> so if you're thinking about taking calls yeah. or business closing a business deal forget it yeah you got to go somewhere else except for skag spring and also if you're in another part of the county you might want to head out to jacuzzi family vineyards mm -hmm. our buddy don landis has mm -hmm. called the past couple weeks to remind us to remind our listeners that olive odyssey mm -hmm. is back on what was canceled last year but it's happening today there's a there's olive inspired food there's olive oil tasting there's olive um, tasting and there's also olive tree experts from uc davis mm. they'll be on hand if you're thinking about planting your own orchard or wanting to know and how is to, don gonna share how to how to cure olives. cure your own yeah. yeah his brine cured and his yeah. water cured olives yeah. which he's demonstrated for us his no lie yeah. message method and uh, it's free and this is really cool to do i've been a couple times in in years past it's from 11 to 5 today and it's at 24724 arnold drive uh -huh. if you get over at arnold drive in sonoma you'll run into jacuzzi family vineyards for olive odyssey today and today only mm. pretty fun huh mm -hmm. okay now i noticed you published a beautiful article in the press mm -hmm. democrat this past wednesday mm -hmm. called crepes anyone can make them mm -hmm. is that really true yes oh yeah it's just a pancake <laughs> oh i can make pancakes yeah of course i mean everybody can make pancakes if you can make pancakes you can make crepes and this is that's I'm what they sure, are <laughs> and i'm sure you uh weren't uh, oblivious to the fact that valentine's day is right around the corner and that's a fun thing to make oh valentine's it is day. yeah yeah you can make them even in heart shapes, I guess. You, you, or you could fold, kind of fold them in heart shapes. A big, oh. The, the folding is as much fun as anything, I think, because you can fold them in little diamond shapes, or you can roll them. You can do all kinds of stuff. And they're fun for kids to make. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do they freeze? Yes, Easily. they freeze wonderfully. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you you can buy them. Actually, used to I used to see them more in stores, but uh, commercially, industrially, uh, frozen crepes are a big deal, and they sell them to restaurant chains and things like that. Who think they don't have the time to make them themselves but of course they're wrong they do <laughs> yeah so you start off with the basic crepe rest recipe and that's crepe suzette was there really a suzette do you think yeah there oh, there was though it's uh i i dug around and tried to find the uh you know the definition where did the suzette come from and there are lots of different stories but all it is it's the crepe folded you know, folded in uh, kind of a diamond shape, you know, f folded in half and then folded in half again. Mm -hmm. And it's butter and orange juice and orange zest and orange liqueur that when you serve it at the table, you you flame it off and for those of you of a certain age of which you and i are uh it used to be the one of the really hot literally uh desserts in fancy schmancy french restaurants you know back in the 60s 70s 80s and then somehow it just kind of disappeared and it's too bad because it's so delicious and it's very dramatic because you flame it off at the table did you used to serve crepes mm -hmm. at john ash yeah, company yeah in the, in the early days 
days, yeah. Because we were very French-inspired, you know. And it was also an easy dessert to do. And it's, and it's fun. And it's dramatic. And it's dramatic. And you yeah. can get another buck or two because uh, uh, of that uh, drama. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> sure. So the basic recipe, can do we need to use all flour or can we pizzazz it up a little? What, I mean, just wheat flour is other. Well, flour usually it's use. made with the wheat flour. The, the crepes that I write in the article, uh, its uh, origins are in Brittany in France, and Brittany uh, there, uh, it's kind. Of, if you've ever been to Brittany, it's it's pretty cold, <laughs> all of that stuff, and so they they started by making it not with flour, but with buckwheat, and buckwheat. Uh, is though it has a similar name, it's not related to weed at all. It's actually a seed, and it has a wonderful nutty kind of uh, earthy flavor to it. And so when you go to Brittany and get crepes made in all the um, thousands of ways that they make them, including crepes Suzette, uh, it's made with buckwheat flour crepes and you can make them you can make them out of anything you can make them out of rice flour you can make them out of chickpea flour uh, but traditionally they're made uh, made out of wheat flour but you could make these gluten-free and they would be yeah like buckwheat well, the, flour or bu- rice because flour. buckwheat is yeah is there's no gluten in buckwheat and no gluten in rice so yeah do you own an a traditional steel crepe pan um i used to i don't know what happened to it because I, I was looking for it to uh when we shot the photos for this article. Uh, but you know what works even better is a little 8-inch, 9-inch uh, non-stick pan, and, uh, which you can then also use for eggs and stuff like that. We'll take a break, and then we'll dive into the John Ash Crep Recipe Package, which is being posted on the KSRL website. You can go and make crepes for your beloved this Tuesday. You're listening to KSRO, Sonoma County's FM News Talk, the radio home of Steve Jackson. Catch the drive weekday afternoons, 3 to 6 p.m. This is KSRO. Did you know that mosquitoes can still thrive in a drought? Mosquitoes need very little water to complete their life cycle. Help fight the bite by dumping out plant saucers. Tightly cover or screen water storage containers, stock mosquito fish in ponds, and refresh water in bird baths and pet dishes once a week. To report mosquito problems, contact the Moran-Sonoma Mosquito and Vector Control District at 707-285-2200. Or visit msmosquito.org for more information. Improperly maintained or neglected pools and spas can produce hundreds of thousands of mosquitoes, resulting in neighborhood-wide mosquito problems that can increase the risk of mosquito-borne diseases like West Nile virus. If you have an unmaintained pool or spa or know of one in your community, contact the Marin-Sonoma Mosquito and Vector Control District at 707-285-2200 or online at msmosquito.org for help. That's 707-285-2200 or msmosquito.org. Hi, this is Allison Norman, host of the Real Estate Hour, right here on KSRO. As we head into the new year, we're welcoming a different, much calmer real estate market. Interest rates are up, housing inventory is up, and fewer homes are selling. For buyers, this means a change in your strategy and more opportunities. If you gave up on your dream of buying a home, let's chat. I'd love to help you get back on track. Here are some tips to help you get started. Talk to a lender about ways you can lower the mortgage rate. Talk to a realtor about ways the seller can help lower that rate. Work on improving your credit score. 
A higher score typically means a lower interest rate. Focus on monthly payments, not the interest rate. Give me a call and I'll give you some honest advice and help you find the right strategy for the current market, whether you decide to hire me as your realtor or not. Allison Norman is a realtor with Keller Williams Realty and host of the Real Estate Hour, Sundays at 9 a.m. on KSRO. Make a no-obligation appointment. Call or text 707-799-3617. DRE license number 01720334. Join Georgia Dare of Cross Country Mortgage every Wednesday from noon to 1230 for On Air with Georgia Dare on KSRO. George helps you understand real estate and lending. Whether you're looking to purchase your first home or expanding your real estate holdings, George will help you navigate the world of home loans. George talks with community guests, covers local topics, and shows you how the larger world economy affects your bottom line each Wednesday from noon to 1230. On Air with Georgia Dare on KSRO. The Charles M. Schultz Sonoma County Airport is ready for you when you're ready to fly. Conveniently located in Santa Rosa, STS is the ideal airport. Affordable parking, delicious dining, premium wine tasting, and of course, great destinations. Go to flysts.com to book your flight and reserve parking. Skip the Bay Area traffic. Travel relaxed at the Sonoma County Airport. Flysts.com. KSRO, AM, FM, and online. Depend on it. In the KSRO Kitchen, I'm Steve Garner along with Chef John Ash. And right in time for Valentine's Day, something fun, easy that you can do to impress yourself and those yeah, that you right, love. Right. And that's uh, crepes. Yeah. So we've got sweet crepes. A nonstick pan will work just perfectly. It works great. And these? Yeah. And you have your Valentine's Day sweet crepes. Oh, I like adding a spoonful of Nutella. Yeah. That's a nice well, idea. Well, that's, you know, in France, it's traditional, uh, you, you know, when you go to the little crepe stands and uh, in France, they're little, you know, they're little carts. They're everywhere, you know, in Paris, and but especially in Brittany, as I mentioned, that's kind of its home. And, uh, and do you use like um, an eight inch yeah. pan for that? Yeah. That? Eight inch is the most common size that you'll find in the market. But a nine inch is fine, you know, not too big. Here's one lemon curd crepes with blueberry sauce. Mm. Same, oh, I see, you make your own lemon curd, and that's simple, isn't it? It's totally <laughs> simple. Everybody, you know, and we're, we're, for those, like I still have lots of lemons, uh, Meyer lemons on my trees, uh, and it's so simple to make, you know, it's, and you can put it, put it aside. Unfortunately, it doesn't freeze very well, but, but it stays refrigerated for weeks and then you have it to, you know, to put on anything, put it on your beloved. For Valentine's <laughs> yeah, Day. Yeah. Lemon juice, sugar, cornstarch, eggs, egg yolks, butter, and zest. It is that simple. It is that simple. And yeah, and you just do it over a double boiler. I mean, you look at what they charge in the store for lemon it's curd. It's outrageous. <laughs> and then we have the recipe for crepe Suzette. Uh-huh. And then 
my grandmother's cheese blintzes. This yeah. is charming that you would include this. Yeah. Well, because I've I used to I used to make them all the time, especially in my restaurant days. It was a classic kind of brunch dish, and again, it's just a crap filled with. Uh, um, you know, ricotta or farmer's cheese and, you know, often little fruits, you know, usually dried fruits and things like that, raisins that you uh, mush together and fill fill them up and uh, put a little sauce on them if you want or not. And, of course, your grandmother added sour cream or cream cheese to them? Yeah. To her so, yeah, blintzes? Yeah. I and think so. <laughs> I called this my grand... I, I don't know how she made them, but it was, this was very similar to it. And then there's the wide world of savory mm-hmm. crepes. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit. Did you do those in the restaurant, too? Oh, yeah. Both sweet yeah. and savory? Well, if you remember, uh, we had a wonderful uh, restaurant here in Santa Rosa uh, that was around for a long, long time called uh, Bistro... 29. 29, which stood for the 29th arrondissement in in Paris. And Brian did the most wonderful things. And I think his stellar dishes were savory crepes. that he were. And he would make his with, uh, make them in a traditional way, make them with mostly buckwheat uh, Mm -hmm. in the crepe batter, um, and along with a little wheat, and make his bigger, you know, so that he could fold them and put more stuff in. I remember that uh, forestier, the mushroom yeah, one that he that did that was good? so spectacular. Yeah, wasn't that delicious? Yeah. yeah, I think a crap restaurant could make it if one. Well, there is one. You know, there's a chain that's here in oh. Montgomery Village called Crepeville. I've never been there. Uh, you should oh. go. They they have dozens of varieties of crepes. Okay. They serve. So the first one's crepes with ham, cheese, and fried eggs, uh-huh. which is very right. traditional. Yeah. There's a oh, now. This sounds like something from my childhood. Creamed chicken. Crepes. Yeah. Mm. Well, you could do creamed anything. Creamed mushrooms. <laughs> creamed. I don't know. Vegetables. <laughs> but anything that you yeah anything that you would make with a sauce can go in a crepe. Now, what is a crespel with ricotta? So and basil? crespel is just the Italian name for crepes. Oh. Uh, so I uh, I got very technical. I didn't get technical, but I. When I sent this to the person I work with at the Press Democrat, they said, "Well, what? So, is the, the you don't have a recipe for here for how to make crespel?" I said, "It's a crepe. Just make the crepe recipe, and you call it crespel. Uh, it's another one of those things you can charge a little bit more money for it." Well, it's highlighting yeah. the international appeal of crepes. Yeah, that every country yeah. seems to have a crepe. Have they have something? Uh, uh, little pancake or something. I think I even made the comment in the uh, article, like, what would mushu pork be without the little rice uh, flour uh, crepe, you know, pancake that kind of goes with it. And you emphasize that point in the next recipe, Vietnamese Mm -hmm. crepe. That's an important part of their street cuisine and Oh, it's, it's everywhere in Vietnam, and they're 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 delicious. You know, but this uses, of course, all rice flour, mm-hmm. which makes it. And the point that I made in there, because I, you know, I have people who test these recipes for me. They said, you know, I tried to make this with rice flour. I think they use Bob's Red Mill, who's a company that we both really like. And she said it didn't work very well; kind of fell apart. And it's because they don't grind it as finely as the Asians do. So that if you're going to make this one, you need to go get uh, rice flour from an Asian market, which is very finely ground. It actually looks like cornstarch. Oh, that's a good tip yeah. to know. Yeah. 
So this has rice flour, a little sugar, turmeric, and uses coconut milk mm -hmm. and water. Mm -hmm. Well, that gives it a different flavor yeah, for than sure. traditional crab. Yeah. So all of these recipes are being posted on the KSRO Good Food Hour website in just uh, after, right after the show so you can go and make crepes to your heart's desire that's right and impress it, your sweet it's so they're so easy and it's they're fun and again you can fill them with anything you know so. so we start with our crepes and then we move into the final course which has to include chocolate doesn't it well i, I think a chocolate crepe would be really <gasps> delicious well know, we so. have we have the man the chocolatier in the ksardo yeah. kitchen this morning to give us the whole world view of chocolate mm -hmm. and what exciting things he and his lovely wife are doing in Windsor, California. That coming up next, it's the KSRO Good Food Hour. Sonoma County's News Talk, KSRO, on FM at 103.5 in Santa Rosa and Windsor, and now at 96.9 in Petaluma. Do healthy eating habits fit into your New Year's resolution? Then shop the Santa Rosa Certified Farmer's Market for fresh local produce. It's important to know where your food comes from, and you can meet the local farmers and ranchers who raise quality, locally grown food products for you to enjoy. At the market, you can savor a variety of delicious prepared foods. The market offers fresh, local ingredients for healthy dinners, a variety of quality meats from beef and pork to seafood, along with seasonal fruits and vegetables. Taste the local cow and goat cheese blends from Achadina Cheese Company. Purchase the wonderful baked goods, jams, spices, and pastas. Everything you need to create memorable, healthy dinners is at the Santa Rosa Original Farmer's Market. Open year-round, rain or shine, Saturdays, 8.30 till 1 p.m. at Luther Burbank Center for the Arts. The Santa Rosa Original Certified Farmer's Market, where it's always fresh, local, and fun. Agricultural Community Farmers Markets bring you fresh produce, meat, and dairy each week year-round. Saturday and Wednesday mornings, 8.30 to 1. The tradition continues at the Santa Rosa Community Farmers Market in Farmers Lane Plaza. Tim from Tole Valley Farm has lots of onions, shallots, fennel, chard, collards, Brussels sprouts, and celery. Mark from Tea and Trumpets has the best tea. Enjoy at the market or at home. Carl from Zweibel's makes the killer ginger cookies. You'll love his creativity and his super smile, too. Silver Sky Ranch outside Petaluma has fresh eggs. One of the newest farmers at the market, Cameron of Doug's Deliveries, named for his dog, has plants for your garden, hearty greens, and more. Citrus is in and super sweet and juicy. Sunny Cafe Food Truck is back with breakfast offerings. Santa Rosa Seafood offers the freshest fish around, as well as specialty salads, chipino, and clam chowder. Bake Shift has a wide variety of muffins made with seasonal ingredients and also has gluten-free options. Info online at ilovefarmersmarkets.org. What do you do when your house cries, new windows, but your bank account says, I don't think so? Hi, I'm John Gorman with Save Energy Company. Some people choose to do a few windows now and others later. Another choice is to find a budget-friendly financing option. We offer a wide range, including no interest, no payments for one year. This makes it possible to get all the windows and doors done at once while helping you avoid future price increases and enjoying all the benefits now. For more, visit SaveEnergyCo.com. 
It's all in one place at Great and Resort and Casino. Play to enter the President's Day giveaway on February 20th. One winner of $20,000 cash, guaranteed. Plus, more ways to win than anywhere else. Tuesdays, great 50 plus. Guests 50 and over earn 100 points and get free slot play. Multiplier Wednesdays, get up to seven times the points. Sign up for the all-new Great and Rewards program and get $25 in free slot play. Learn more at greatandresortcasino.com. Complete rules available at the Rewards Center. I'm KSO Rosedale and Tresios with Sonoma County's most accurate, most dependable forecast. Mostly sunny for your Saturday and near 60 degrees, a bit cooler along the coast. High surf advisory along the shores until 7 p.m. tonight. Wind speeds are mild, clear skies overnight, low 40. Temperatures up near 70 then for tomorrow, still sunny skies. Monday then mid-60s. Depend on weather every 30 minutes. And FM News Talk 103.5 and 96.9 KSRO. A correction, you don't have to rush out to all of Odyssey and Jacuzzi Vineyards today. It is actually next Saturday, February 18th. Mm -hmm. We first met this guy, Chef Jeff Mall, about 24 years ago. When he was 12 years old. When he was 12. And he hasn't changed a bit. And he and his wife, (laughs) Susan, founded the restaurant Zen Mm -hmm. in Healdsburg, which is now Valette, Mm -hmm. for those of you that have not been around that long. And we started a wonderful friendship with Mm -hmm. Susan and Jeff many years ago. They ended up selling Zen and moving to Mexico, as I recall. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, Mexico. And what were you doing in Mexico? What was So uh, we were the uh, co-executive chefs for a a boutique um, hotel Uh um, called Rancho Pescadero on the Pacific Coast, about an hour north of Cabo. And so it's a little resort in the middle of nowhere in an agricultural valley. Um, We established a farm and... um, Baja farm-to-table restaurant, farm and seat to table mm. And, of course, you knew a lot about chocolate. You are a chef. But was this somewhat of an, an eye-opening epiphany when you started to experiment with chocolate in Mexico? Completely. I mean, I knew chocolate the same way most savory chefs know chocolate, you know. It's something you tell the pastry chef to deal with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, but, you know, I, at Zen, we did everything from scratch, you know, homegrown, homemade, you know, breads, meats, um, preserving all that so well you so, had a farm up in the windsor and, yeah know, yeah so we, had our, we had our little farm so um so b- being hands-on meant that when i saw cocoa beans in mexico i'm like well we're in mexico we're gonna figure out how to make chocolate mm. so it was trial and error and uh you know working with our mexican co-workers and um literally knowing nothing to to learning quite a bit so is it difficult dealing with you because you're dealing with the beans that have been fermented and dried but then you have to roast them and grind them and do is it is that process a difficult process yeah there's there's a learning curve uh-huh. uh, for sure um but you know if you're uh ha- having worked in the food industry my whole life mm-hmm. you know it's it's not uh it, it's something that probably comes naturally to figure mm-hmm. out how the foods work and, and how to put things together um so it wasn't that hard for us i think for other people that have come into the chocolate business from because um, there's a lot of chocolate companies where the founders were lawyers and they were worked in mm-hmm. high tech and had no, probably never touched food outside of what was on their plate uh, in a restaurant ever. So uh, it came naturally for us. And um, 
yeah, we just fell in love with it. So we were talking before the show. I was asking you because I've read these things about how chocolate is, it, it, it's in trouble in a way. I guess that there's some, uh, some reasons why it doesn't grow as well as it used to and all of that stuff. And also these extraordinary price differences. Can you talk a little about yeah, that? Yeah, so, well, so the thing with growing cacao is that, you know, cacao grows uh, 20 degrees north and south of the equator all the way around the world. Um, and in that same region is generally where you find hurricanes, political unrest, civil war. And there's a lot of um, other factors that go into to why it, that chocolate can be or cacao can be endangered in those areas. Um, but when you hear a lot of the things about um, the bad things in, in cacao growing, which is, um, you know, happens in places like West Africa where there's um, you know, uh, indentured servitude mm-hmm. type things for uh, harvesting cacao. Uh, that's mainly an issue that the big companies have to deal with because it's they, uh, the big chocolate companies want to pay the lowest price possible and, and get as much cacao as possible. Whereas uh, bean to bar makers like ourselves and many others um, throughout the country and around the world, we really want to buy the best possible cacao to much like we would shop as a chef up here we want organic we want something that was treated well from you know start to finish we want to know that the farmers prosperity was one of the top priorities um, and that's how we look at it so when we're sourcing cacao we work with an amazing company called uncommon cacao that focuses on um, certified organic and transparent trade uh, purchasing uh, which is a step beyond fair trade because transparent trade all the transactions are out in the open there's no hidden like oh how much did the farmers get robbed you know this year it's really about the farmer prosperity that's going into our chocolate and your company is called volo v-o-l-o yes and what does that mean so volo is latin for want or desire and oh. so we thought that worked for um, for chocolate. Yeah. But it's also Italian for flight. So here's we're talking about flights of chocolate and tasting oh. different flights. Uh, it you know it can mean flight too. So depending on who our audience is, uh, you know we'll say it's want or desire, or if it's a bunch of Italians, we're saying that's about flight. You know yeah. we want you to take flight. So <laughs> so so th- this is a busy time of year for you. Yes. <laughs> so we're surprised to see you here on oh, just before. Oh, Valentine's happy to be here. <laughs> Susan wishes that she could be here, but we're dividing and conquering yeah. today. So just get back quickly to the process of making the chocolate of, of roasting it. It's grown fermented in areas where do you buy your chocolate from uh we source from guatemala and haiti mainly right now so it's wrapped in some type of leaf and then fermented so what it is um the 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 cacao pods grow on a tree um and much taking a a page from the wine industry you know they harvest starts when they achieve the right bricks um they uh they harvest these pods the pods break open it looks like armenian cucumber on the inside the seed packet is actually the cocoa beans uh, those go through a full fermentation process, mm-hmm. and that's where you're building the flavors of the cacao. If there's a, a mistake made in fermentation, it's you're never going to have great chocolate with that. Mm-hmm. So it's a very controlled. It's become. It used to be kind of all over the place, but as it's um, uh, they're growing more premium cacao, there's more attention being uh, paid to the steps involved. So it gets fermented, um, and then it gets dried, and then it, that's when it gets exported. So the the pod is the most bizarre looking thing i think i i've ever seen in my life uh we you know you tend to think of the 
the bean as being a bean like a coffee bean or yeah. something like that. But the pod is gigantic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The pod looks like a Nerf football <laughs> oh, that was yeah. brightly colored. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's amazing because unlike a, if Gwen was still here, she could uh, mention this, but unlike a regular tree that bears fruit where the fruit's on the branches, cacao pods stick out all over the tree, mm. right? So they're coming out of the trunk. They're coming off at the end of branches. They're coming out um, on limbs. So it's a really, it looks like a plant from Mars. So how do you know when the beans are ripe? <laughs> so they, they're measuring the sugar. They're taking oh, a refractometer yeah. uh -huh. and checking the bricks. And I think that they uh, they're harvested like 27 bricks. So they uh -huh. want, that, want to get that right amount of sugar. Um, and then once they uh, empty the seeds out through the... Um, it's a kind of this gelatinous, sweet, tropical um, little mass. It starts fermenting immediately because of the heat of the jungle, wild yeast, all that <laughs> sugar. I mean, it just starts fermenting. So they used to always ferment, but but now it's really they're working on um, uh, controlling that fermentation to get it to ferment the way they want mm -hmm. it because um, that really makes all the difference. And then they pack them in burlap sacks and ship them to you. Yeah, and that's how we get it. So we get them in these... Uh, between 120 and 140 pound sacks uh, that then we have to roast and that's a precision a, much like coffee roasting mm -hmm. cacao roasting oh. is like coffee roasting you roast on a curve so it's not like baking a cake where you turn on the oven you know put mm -hmm. it in and take it out we're monitoring the temperature of the beans themselves uh, we're adjusting the temperature throughout this uh, time frame so that it hits certain marks along the way. Then when you, after you roast them, then do you grind it and do you add salt or sugar at that point or, yeah. or something else? Well, the first thing we have to do is we have to winnow the cacao, which is crush the, uh, the beans together and separate the hulls uh, from the oh. nibs. And uh, we do that, then we take the nibs and then the nibs will go into our refiners uh, with our sugar, um, we're chefs making chocolate. All of our chocolate has a mm -hmm. pinch of sea salt in it. It all has a little bit of cinnamon, mm -hmm. kind of owing to its roots in Mexico. Uh, if it's milk chocolate, that's when we're adding the milk. Um, oh. And then that's a two-day process mm -hmm. of constant refining um, and conching, which is evaporating off the bitter um, alcohols and esters in the chocolate. Um, and then it's finished in two days. And then we mold it into bars and wrap it and sell it. But it's there's this whole thing about well i guess it's the conching getting the right texture and so yeah. temperature and all of that kind of yeah. stuff i know i sat in on classes at the cia and it seems like holy cow this is a really complicated <laughs> it is but it's fun because yeah. it's such an amazing uh product mm -hmm. i mean to think you know you take this if you tried a raw cocoa bean unfermented you would just say this is completely inedible i mm. never should have put that in my mouth mm. Um, and you're turning that into one of the most beloved flavors mm -hmm. in the whole planet, you know. Um, and it's a, it's an amazing process to see going from that raw, you know, bean or, or even a roasted bean uh, to finished chocolate. So you use the analogy to wine. Uh, I, I guess depending on where the beans come from, you can tell the difference. There is oh, terroir. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's so, there's so many parallels. But one of the biggest ones is the terroir of cacao. Mm. So... Um, you know, uh, beans from Madagascar. You could take a chocolate bar, and if you tasted it, and um, you didn't know where it was from, and you could say, wow, this is from Madagascar. It's got this bright citrus mm. that comes through. Uh, beans from Haiti that we get, or there would be also like Dominican Republic, l low acid, not that same bright mm -hmm. punch of fruit, but lots of roasted coffee and toasted nut flavors coming through. Um, the Guatemalan beans that we use, uh, cherry. It's all about cherry. 
And some years it's a bright, ripe cherry. Other years it's a more concentrated dried cherry, depending on uh, environmental factors where it was grown. So there is so much terroir with the cacao. So with with the Volo chocolate, your your chocolate company, you only do bars. Is that correct? We do. Well, we we uh, we started off as only bars, uh-huh. but we're now we're branching off into some more confection type items. Uh-huh. Um, so we're always exp- we, we don't like to just sit around and you know um, and and not do anything. So we have uh, and put you know, your money in the bank. And yeah, and put our money in the bank. <laughs> no, we spend, we'll spend that on R and D. So uh, uh, so we we have nine different bars, uh, but then we do um, some confections, like we do um, these chocolate salted caramels. So uh, and I brought just a little taste. If you guys is that are new? Uh, we've been doing these now for uh, about eight months, I guess. Oh, so so yeah. Um, so these are uh, we make a salted caramel, but we actually have chocolate in the salted caramel. Oh, and then when it's done, we, we mold it into uh, little squares. And then we enrobe it. We have an enrobing machine, which is, um, uh, it's like the old I Love Lucy skit, <laughs> where you uh, you yeah. put something on this conveyor belt, yeah. and it passes through a curtain of flowing chocolate that covers it, and then it goes onto a belt, and you have to you know take them off before they, or eat them before they fall off the yeah. end of the belt. So we can cover anything in chocolate. Whoa, so that, maybe that'll be Steve's birthday present. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. so, for you. So the caramels are a new product this past year. Yeah. You have nine bar chocolates. Mm-hmm. And uh, it all you have like orange flavored ones, I remembered, and yeah. cherry flavored ones. All yeah, so of. we've got, um, so we use, um, uh, we, we have basically three different base chocolates that we make. One of them is the 73% uh, deep dark using the Guatemalan beans. And to that, we will um, we have that as a pure bar. Um, and then we also, uh, to that same bar, we add our own candied orange peels uh, made, for, made from our own orange trees. So would you talk about, because you, you see these on bars and on candies and stuff like that, the percentage, what does that mean? So the percentage, when you see that number, that's telling you how much of that bar uh, came from the cocoa bean. Ah. So whether it's 100% just one cocoa bean, or if you're adding in a little cocoa butter, which is, uh, you know, the cocoa bean divided, uh, adding in a little bit more cocoa butter, uh, but that's telling you how much came from the cocoa bean. So, uh, for instance, our dark milk chocolate, our base milk chocolate is 62% cacao. Uh, most European milk chocolate is um, 30% cacao. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hershey bar is 11% cacao. Mm-hmm. So our first ingredient is always cacao on everything that we make. So you have the orange peel, that's one. What's next? Uh, then we actually, our other newest one is our Meyer lemon and extra virgin Ooh. olive oil. Ooh. So we, uh, we we take our 73, we use a little uh, Gold Ridge Organic Farm olive oil, uh-huh. blend that in, lowers the percentage a little bit, but it gives you this really deep base note into the chocolate of this olive oil. So can you talk a little bit about, because people kind of put their nose up at milk chocolate, and you can have milk chocolate, as you just mentioned, mm-hmm. milk chocolate with a high amount of cacao in it. Yeah. Uh, and and there, have, that's not a legal definition, is it? Someone's milk chocolate is 10% and others is 60%. Yeah, there's unlike the, the alcohol industry, there's uh-huh. no legal um, you know, definition. So you could call yourself something. Now, you might get called out by your competitors for not being honest, um, but the, there's no, um, there's just kind of guidelines as to what milk chocolate should be. It has a um, lower sugar content. It's a low, well, it's a higher, higher sugar, sh- higher content, sugar yes. content. So that's why we, we call ours dark milk chocolate. And people will always come to us and say, well, I thought there's dark chocolate. And I thought there's and milk, milk chocolate. chocolate. And yeah. we say, well, 
Imagine ours is a dark chocolate with just a little bit of milk added, okay. um, as opposed to a, that being the first or so, second. So ingredient. why is milk added, or why was it originally added? Because chocolate was so bitter, oh, and it was really yeah. about toning down uh-huh. that that bitterness of it. And you know, chocolate originated as a drink. It didn't originate uh-huh. as a bar. So, so as a drink, you know, uh, four hundred years ago, your options were, you know milk water or something you know brewed and fermented uh-huh. so um, uh, yeah so it was uh, it's um, always been a drink first do you ever use this chocolate when you make mole yes we do yeah so I uh, love mole we uh, I, um, one of my favorite um, you know things of all time is mole uh, I do, we do a 21 ingredient uh, Oaxacan uh, mole negro um, with using our chocolate that's amazing but you don't sell that do you no (laughs) so so mole though is people think it always contains it's only the it's only the dark red mole yeah but there are many other mole yeah there's seven there's there's seven main moles and lots of subsets of that too wow why don't we take a quick break when we come back why don't we taste a little bit of chocolate sure i noticed you have some looks like a non-chocolate item there in front of you oh yes we have a couple talk about we have a couple non-chocolate items and we'll also talk about the pop-up that you are going to be doing with marla bakery yes okay and uh, maybe even taste a little wine who knows Mm. jeff mall is in the ks arto kitchen he's co-owner with his wife susan of volo chocolate in windsor people can order that are out of the area online, can't they? Yeah, volochocolate.com. Yeah. We even have a chocolate club. If you don't want to have to shop oh, for it, very cool. it just shows up in your mailbox when you want it. All right, back after this. You may have heard some strange things on KSRO. That's because we've changed locations. Please be patient and we'll get things back on track soon. This is KSRO. Mercedes-Benz of Santa Rosa is one of the premier Mercedes-Benz dealerships in the Bay Area. Their experienced sales staff are eager to help you find the Mercedes-Benz of your dreams. You'll find a full lineup of new Mercedes-Benz models, as well as high-quality certified pre-owned vehicles. Mercedes-Benz of Santa Rosa stands by their customer's side, from the beginning of the car buying process, all the way to the moment they drive their vehicle off the lot. Their certified factory-trained service technicians take care of everything from basic oil changes to major repairs and are committed to helping you keep that luxury vehicle in excellent condition for many years to come. When you decide to visit Mercedes-Benz of Santa Rosa, you'll have access to a streamlined car buying process. You can apply for financing, estimate your monthly payment, and value your trade-in right from the comforts of your home. Mercedes-Benz of Santa Rosa on the Corby Auto Row and mbofsantarosa.com. Edward Fillion and the team at the Center for Spiritual Living continues to create a world that works for everyone. The Center for Spiritual Living in Santa Rosa invites you back with two identical in-person services each Sunday at 9 and 11. From 10 to 11, visit the Art Show and Stepping Stones Books and Gifts. You can also view services on the website, Facebook, and YouTube. Go to cslsr.org for more information and updates. Attend Wednesday evening meditations from home via Zoom. Take advantage of the telephone prayer ministry, access videos of Sunday messages, and resources like the online affirmative prayer library covering a variety of subjects. That's cslsr.org. 
On behalf of Edward Fillion and the staff, we are immensely grateful for the dozens of individuals and teams working to keep us connected and on our spiritual path. As we study, pray, love, support, and serve together, listen to Spiritual Living with Edward Fillion, Sundays at 8.30 a.m. right here on KSRO. Attention, per the current government mandate, U.S.-based insurers are now required to cover at-home COVID testing kits with no out-of-pocket fees to you. If you have a current insurance plan, you are eligible to receive up to eight COVID-19 tests shipped to you each month absolutely free. As long as the government mandate is in effect, just visit testkitforfree.com to register now from the comfort of your own home. That's testkitforfree.com to receive your tests shipped to you at no cost. Go to testkitforfree.com today. Paid for by Tiero Health. Do you own, manage, or work in a North Bay business or nonprofit? If you answered yes, then North Bay Biz is a must-read for you. Hey, this is Jason Walsh, editor of North Bay Biz Magazine. If you're a sports nut like me, you won't want to miss our February issue where writer Bo Kearns takes a look at mental health and athletes and how local trainers are helping young talent recover from injury by focusing on both body and mind. Check it out at NorthBayBiz.com. Subscribe now for only $35 per year at NorthBayBiz.com. KSRO, AM, FM, and online. Depend on it. In the KSRO kitchen with a nod to Valentine's Day. What else? It's chocolate. Mm. Chef John Ash and me, Steve Gardner, in the KSRO kitchen with Jeff Mall, co-owner with his wife Susan Mall of Volo Chocolate in Windsor. They're Sonoma County residents. Have been around the block mm. a few times, and they <laughs> roast their own chocolate, import their own beans. They grind it. They roast it. They produce these fabulous array of chocolate bars, and we just tasted two of your newest ones. One of them was an award winner, the one we just tasted. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I should turn your microphone on. <laughs> that would help a lot. Um, yeah. So the um, the mocha bite that you just tasted that's uh, that's uses our mocha chocolate as a base, which um, has won two international awards. Um, and to, to make that chocolate, we actually use Wolf Coffee, mm-hmm. another Sonoma County, um, you know, family uh, business. We grind their coffee beans together with our cacao. And so you get this mm-hmm. really amazing chocolate infusion. And for these, um, rather than molding this into a bar, we uh, blend roasted hazelnuts and add hazelnuts and hazelnut butter to that to give you kind of a softer chocolate, kind of very individual little roasted mocha hazelnut bites. Is um, freshness important? I know John always talked about olive oil, like the first of the season, and this is the best mm-hmm. olive oil. Is is because I know that chocolate is dated. Does it go? Well, to it's pale? think of chocolate more in the terms of wine. So if you keep it in the right conditions, especially then I'm talking pure chocolate. This would be different from bonbons or things like that. But pure chocolate kept cool and dark, um, and not refrigerated. Uh, and not in a room that fluctuates in temperature will last years. Now, you, you some of the flavors might mute after a while, but um, some companies put a, a two-year shelf date, uh, shelf life on their on their chocolate bars. We do a one-year, but if you keep it in the right condi- conditions, it's uh, excellent for uh, two years easily. Mm. You're going to be doing a pop-up. 
Yes, on Valentine's Day. So this <laughs> coming Tuesday from uh, 10 to 3 p.m. Um, in our little complex in Windsor, alongside uh, Marla Bakery, we're going to do a little Valentine's Day pop-up so that if you forgot to buy chocolate or you want to uh, get some local chocolate and some wonderful baked goodies from Marla, uh, you can just pull up and uh, get a number of things. And we're, you know, we're in the same... Uh, complex is barrel brothers brewery so you can also pick up some oh. beer you have everything you would need right there for an amazing night it's a palace of delight it is it up is. there in windsor so you you told us off the air that your lovely wife susan is right now at inman yeah yeah she's and in. what's she doing there and let's talk a little bit about chocolate and red wine yeah so um so susan's out at inman family uh today you know and that's out on olivet and piner uh, selling chocolate and they're doing a tasting out there. So if you wanted, that's open to the public. Normally they're appointment only, oh. but today uh, you could go out there and taste some chocolate, taste some wine, um, and have a great, beautiful day. Um, and you brought one of the Inman wines. What's yeah. So bring? this is a little Pinot. This is a uh, Russian River Valley from their um, their own estate uh, grapes. Um, so I'm. We could give this a little taste if well, you guys Well, we certainly food. could while uh, you're talking. <laughs> but, uh, and I noticed that you brought, it looks like something from Marla Bakery. Yeah, what is that? so this is, um, this are their uh, macarons oh. uh, that they will be doing uh, for uh, for the pop-up. So they won't, they won't be having their own breads that they normally do. Uh-huh. They will be doing um, uh, these Valentine's uh, specials. So they're, um, uh, I was talking to John about the Dobosh uh, type tort or tart mm-hmm. that's like layers of chocolate and hazelnut um macarons and um little window uh, sandwich cookies uh for valentine's day oh, so lovely. it's yeah they're great we love them as neighbors they're awesome who else is using your chocolate are restaurateurs making yeah, desserts oh, with your chocolate it's great having my, all my friends in the restaurant business because mm-hmm. they've been a huge uh, support for us from day one um dustin Vallette, you know Vallette and the matheson mm-hmm. uh, put us on right away and Vallette um, moved into your spot when yeah Zin closed, yeah yeah he, right? he bought our spot there um john ash restaurant uh uses it um uh bravas bar to tapas start oh, nice. steakhouse um and I'm probably going to forget a few, but, um, you know, Kendall Jackson was great uh, in uh, using our chocolate. Um, so just all around, uh, lots of different places and friends that have really supported us from day one. So you're making chocolate almost every day? Every day. Yep. What's your production at this point? Uh, let's see. I think we made last year, we made over almost 11,000 pounds of chocolate uh, two ounces at a time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really small. It's small. It's small when you compare. That's probably you know um, uh, two seconds of production at you know a giant chocolate company. Mm-hmm. But for a you know a, a mom and pop business with just a couple of full time employees. So it, we were asking you about the number of chocolate makers, and you made the comment that when you first started, there weren't that many. Yeah. So um, so when we first started. Uh, bean to bar chocolate making was relatively new it'd been around for about seven or eight years but um it, it's a hard business to um to enter in because there's not a lot of infrastructure set up you know you get specialized equipment and none of this equipment was available on a small scale so um it took engineers um looking at the processes that need to happen and say well hey you can go to home depot and if you bought some pvc this and a, <laughs> and a vacuum cleaner and a juicer um, you could make that one of the machines necessary um, to produce um, chocolate. So uh, it's truly, um, it's grown now, now that people have, have doing this. Now there's there's several hundred across the country. Um, but 
when we started, it was pretty light. Mm. So is, is there a, I don't know, a chocolate, do you have an industry group or yeah, something? Yeah, you, you, you got the words right. Uh, it's a fine chocolate industry uh-huh. association uh, that we belong to, which is a great um great way to um, stay in contact with other chocolate makers and kind of keep up with what's going on in the industry uh-huh. and uh, you know pre-covid there was a meeting in san francisco every year that we went to that was great a great way to network um and so uh that hasn't come back post-covid yet as far as like in person but there's chocolate festivals that we participate in um, we've also gone on a tour to guatemala with other chocolate makers to visit the growers who um, grow our cacao um, so it's it's a really great group of people that you know love, especially on our end, the smaller end where we you know we really focus on making chocolate that um, is um, you know based on the ultra premium cacao that where mm-hmm. we know that the um, the growers were paid the you know highest possible wage. Jeff, what is your favorite number today between one and ten? My favorite number is um, seven. Caller number seven at 636-1350 will win a pair of Cloverdale Citrus Fair tickets on us. If you're lucky, caller number seven, 636-1350, a pair of Cloverdale Citrus Fair tickets, and maybe you can come up and say hi to John and me Mm -hmm. next Saturday live at the Cloverdale Citrus Fair. And maybe we'll bring some chocolate. I'll bring you the, cho- the chocolate <laughs> orange. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it would be exciting. The chocolate so orange. So can you yeah. give us a, a preview of maybe a couple new flavors that might be in the research and development stage? So uh, we got a couple different things that we're working on. So we're um, um, there might be some more things with raspberries and pistachios. Mm. In fact, we're working on with uh, Inman, with uh, Kathleen Inman, and we're doing a special bar for her that will, will feature um, our dark milk chocolate with uh, raspberries. And Is there that. such a thing as savory chocolates? Yes, there are. And there's, um, if you go to a large chocolate place that has chocolate from around the world, uh, when you see the Japanese section, you'll oh. kind of maybe just take a step back because they have, um, there's dried shrimp and dried fish and chocolate Ooh. and um other things that you may not matcha tea matcha tea and you know we have we push the savory being chefs we push the savory yeah. a little bit with uh chilies and um but but i mean i'm a big fan john is too of kit kat bars of course yeah. they're white chocolate with matcha tea and yeah those are quite delightful yeah, yeah. But you don't do white chocolate. No, I don't consider white chocolate actual chocolate. No. <laughs> I, I mean, people that would punch you in the face. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, to me, uh, I mean, white chocolate is, is made essentially. It's just uh, cocoa butter and milk and sugar, uh, with it being mostly the two. So I don't have a real sweet tooth, and that, which you. is why our save our chocolate is a touch on the savory side. So your website is volochocolate.com. Simple as that. And you can order to your heart's content and peruse your whole product line. Yes. And this coming Tuesday, there's a pop-up? At our space uh, in Windsor, um, along with Marla Bakery. What's your address? Uh, 399 Business Park Court, number 401. Easy to get to off 101. Yes, right off of Shiloh Road. And what time? It's going to be from 10 until 3 o'clock. Okay. Jeff. Mall, thank you. We're going to toast with some Pinot Noir mm, after this. Great. Thank you so much. John Ash, we'll see you at the Cloverdale Citrus Fair. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I'll text you to remind you. Okay, good. Thank you. See everybody and talk to everybody next week. This is Sonoma County's News Talk. K245DJ Petaluma. K278CD KSRO Santa Rosa. From ABC News.
I'm Dave Packer, the desperate search in Turkey. Rescue workers still looking for survivors of Monday's earthquake as the death toll across Turkey and Syria rises to 25,000. And in the meantime, heavy equipment digging mass graves on the outskirts.